One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And we are sisters. We are instituting a new thing. We've always kind of instituted it, but we've decided that we're going to do something called banter at the back. So we get straight into the murder. Nobody wants to hear about what I think about the governor of Texas wanting to kill all the mamas and papas, necessarily. (laughs) But if you do, wait till the end, hang out, and we can talk about it then. Uh... (laughs) I prefer mamas and papas. Mimas and peepaws. We we don't call our grandma parents mama and papa. Just so, I mean nothing wrong with that. But just to be clear, uh, they're nana and papa, grandma and grandpa, and then oma. So we don't anyway. It's <laughs> just about to explain why I just named off three sets. But I promised banner at the back, so I'll keep that to myself. And today, Sadie has a truly, truly, truly awful tale about everybody's favorite subject: <laughs> hot car death. I mean, is there anything worse that can happen to a human being? No. I think it's top five worst things that can happen to a person. Take it away, Sadie. Uh, So on Instagram and Facebook, we reached out to our listeners and asked for some suggestions. And this was a suggestion that came from uh, my sister-in-law. Her name is Tonya Ellis Whitworth. And I appreciate the suggestion. When she said it, it immediately rang bells in my head. And I thought, oh, yeah, here we go. Everybody yeah. loves a hot car death, as you already yeah. said. <laughs> Just to be clear, nobody loves it. I mean, I'm no. sure you know by now that... We don't actually mean that. <laughs> no. But the phenomenon that happens is really interesting. And I think for parents and non-parents, just the thought that you could accidentally leave your child in a car all yeah. day is... The most um, really terrifying, terrifying thing you could think of. Yeah. Yeah. But before we get into it, the other thing that when Tony and I were going back and forth, she she gave us one of the highest compliments. Um, I think anybody in doing podcasts could receive and said that we were reminding her of the daily dish. No, delicious uh, dish. Delicious dish. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I think she's a son of a bitch for saying it because now that she said it, I can't un know that and it's so accurate (laughs) daily dish whatever um but yeah now i listened back you know to make sure that it's okay last episode and i was like oh god she's so right she's so right (laughs) for those of you don't know it's anna gasteyer and molly shannon 
doing an NPR show. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Oh. Mm, that was <laughs> sor- sorghum. <laughs> Uh, so thank you, Tonya, Thanks, for Tonya. your suggestion, and I will jump right in. So June 18th, 2014, started out like any other day for the Harris family. Justin uh, Ross Harris, he goes, as, goes by Ross, and his 22-month-old son, Cooper, woke up at 7.30 a.m. They watched cartoons in bed for a bit and then got ready for the day. But Ross then drove the pair from their Marietta, Georgia home to a nearby Chick-fil-A. Afterward, instead of dropping Cooper off at his daycare, which was minutes from the restaurant, Harris continued to the Home Depot corporate headquarters where he worked. At 9.25 a.m., Harris arrived. He got out of the car and left Cooper strapped in his car seat. Cooper would be left in the car for more than seven hours in June in Georgia. Yeah, no, it's no good. Uh, The temperature that day was in the upper 80s, and it's believed he died after being subjected to temperatures as high as 120 to 140 degrees inside the car. Mm. Was his death a tragic accident, every parent's worst nightmare, or was this murder? So according to an article in the Washington Post titled Fatal Distraction, forgetting a child in the back seat of a car is a horrifying mistake, is it a crime? Uh, If this topic interests you, I highly recommend reading it. It goes into a lot of different cases um, of parents who this happens to, and it interviews them. And it's a long read, but it's a really, really worthwhile. Mm -hmm. Uh, Quote, death by hyperthermia is the official designation. When it happens to young children, the facts are often the same. An otherwise loving and attentive parent one day gets busy or distracted or upset or confused by a change in his or her daily routine and just forgets the child is in the car. It happens that way somewhere in the United States, 15 to 25 times a year. Parceled wow. out, Yeah, wow. parceled out through the spring, summer, and early fall. Not yeah, in the winter? Oh, because in the winter it's hypothermia, duh. I was like, wait, people, how do they remember in the winter? God, sorry. Right. When duh. I also think that the, de- the danger isn't so much when it's cold. Yeah. You know, you can live longer. Yeah. Um, So in the early 1990s, as passenger side airbags became more common, parents of young children were told to move them to the back seat of the car. Yep. After that, they were told to turn the car seat uh, rear facing to increase the children's safety during a crash. Yep. If few foresaw the tragic consequence of the lessened visibility of the child, well, who can blame them? What kind of person forgets a baby? Yeah, this kind of person right here. When I first heard about hot car death, I was like one of the scariest moments in my life because that is, <laughs> there's two reasons I don't have a kid, hot car death and then teen murderers. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to kill a kid and I don't want to get murdered by a kid because <laughs> as you just pointed out, the odds are high and I'm not a forgetful person, but that is something that I would just, it's like when you start driving toward the gym but you're actually going to the office it's the opposite mm-hmm. direction you know just those like Absolutely. muscle memory things that your brain, brain takes over yeah and you're just digging on a song or something and zone mm-hmm. out and start thinking about whatever and then next thing you know the, the worst thing you could possibly imagine has occurred so yeah, yeah I ugh, it yeah. chills me to my bone and my heart goes out so hard to the people who have experienced it yeah me too um, so what kind of person forgets a baby the wealthy do, it turns out, and the poor and the middle class. Parents of all ages and ethnicities do. Mm-hmm. Mothers are just as likely to do it as fathers. 
that happens to the chronically absent-minded and to the fanatically organized, mm-hmm. to the college-educated and to the marginally illiterate. Yep. According to statistics compiled by the National Child Safety Advocacy Group, in about 40% of cases, authorities examine the evidence, determine that the child's death was a terrible accident, a mistake of memory that delivers a lifelong sentence of guilt far greater than any judge or jury could hand out, mm-hmm. uh, and they file no charges. Mm-hmm. In the other 60% of cases, parsing essentially identical facts and applying them to essentially identical laws, authorities decide that the negligence was so great and the injury so grievous that it must be called a felony and it must be aggressively pursued. And I was surprised it was as high as 60%. Me too. It seems really high. Yeah, I would think it would be like 90%, 10%, you know, like that. Uh, but I get it. I mean, especially 90%, 90% could, let off. Like, oh, I'm yeah. sorry mm-hmm. that you forgot. That's a horrible thing to have happen, but I'm not going to punish mm-hmm. you because I, there's no way I could punish you more than you're going to punish yourself. Mm-hmm. But I can also see how, unless you've done something that awful accidentally, mm-hmm. you can't comprehend it. And so I've read, you know, I've seen shows and read articles and things where people, I mean, people just absolutely rip into the parents that this happens mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Because you can't, you're like, how could you forget your kid? It's like, well, mm-hmm. so yeah, I could see how courts and communities would put the pressure on to convict parents because it just makes people so angry or so mm-hmm. like distraught to think about. Um, and I also think that people think it would somehow protect them from doing it. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Weird, we'll talk about that oh, later. Yeah, yeah. The weird psychology. Yeah. Just the weird yeah. psychology of like. If I get mad enough at you, I won't actually do this, which... Mm -hmm. Well, it has to be done on purpose. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It has to be done on purpose because otherwise it could happen to me. I might forget my child. That's exactly right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not all cases of infant hyperthermia in cars are simple if bewildering lapses of memory by an otherwise apparently good parent. Uh, In other types of cases, there's a history of prior neglect or evidence of substance abuse. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the parents knowingly left the child in the car despite the obvious peril right when hyperthermia deaths are treated as crimes these are the ones that tend to result in prison sentences yeah that makes way more sense like i'm gonna go party with my friends and leave you in the car because i feel like it's better than leaving you at home or something like that like Mm -hmm. that's clear negligence but right it's yeah that makes more sense so we're gonna start and talk about the parents of cooper so ross and liana harris were set up on a date by friends A good friend of Ross's named Ben McRae was partly responsible in setting them up. He even accompanied them on one of their first dates to a local bar during an open mic night. Mm -hmm. Ben says, quote, they really hit it off from the start. He looked at me and said, Ben, I'm going to marry that girl. Cute. He was surprised by that because, quote, Ross seemed like the type of guy who was scared of commitment. He dated a lot of girls. Uh, He said he was just a great and outgoing personality. He always liked being the center of attention. He was the Ferris Mm -hmm. Bueller of Tuscaloosa. (laughs) (laughs) So Ben said that he used to meet with Ross for lunch on an almost daily basis. He was a creature of habit, getting the same thing every time. The waitstaff knew him so well that they'd bring out his order before he asked for it. Mm -hmm. He said that Ross was the kind of guy who couldn't stand to have a hair out of place. He said he was late to his own wedding because he had to pull over to get hairspray. Uh-huh. So Ross and Liana were described as best friends that were polar opposites. Liana was shy and Ross was uptight. The pair was married May 7th, 2006 in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. 
Ross worked at the University of Alabama uh, for a few years uh, as a parking monitor and mm. later as a mail delivery clerk. Mm-hmm. He then worked as a police dispatcher in Tuscaloosa for three years until 2009. In May 2012, Ross graduated from the University of Alabama with a bachelor's degree in commerce and business administration, having majored in management information systems. Uh, Leanna worked as a registered dietitian. Mm-hmm. So the couple moved to the suburbs in Atlanta uh, in 2012 so that Ross could start a new job as a web developer for Home Depot. They joined a local church. Ross played guitar for the worship band, and Leanna volunteered in the nursery. Ross coached uh, and refereed various high school sports. So just the most American Americans yep. that have ever been. Yes, Southern Americans. Yep. 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 Two years after getting married, Leanna said that she and her husband were no longer connecting in the bedroom. Two years after that, in 2010, she saw Ross was sexting with other women. Uh-oh, uh, Ross. Yeah. It's a pattern of behavior that continued for another four years. Leanna said when she discovered his sexting, her reaction was, quote, uh, wasn't very good, and that she acted very upset and burst out crying. Uh, She said, quote, it did a lot of damage to our ability to connect intimately, in my opinion. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's the least it could do. Is that what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, when reading these snippets, I don't want to make assumptions, but it's one of those, like, Growing up in a conservative Christian area yeah. where women take on this blame. Yeah. Uh, their husbands do something wrong and it's their fault for not whatever, yep. you know, being the perfect wife and that it's her fault that she reacted this way, that that's why they weren't connecting intimately. It's just like, come on, yeah. you guys. <laughs> it's, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's so. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. get in the middle of the relationship, but just, just in general, yep. it's okay to be angry when your spouse cheats on you absolutely just fyi (laughs) it's okay if you take okay if that damages your relationship because you know what that was their fault yeah um so ross frequently told the women he was talking to that the reason he cheated on liana was because of a self-diagnosed sex addiction Mm -hmm. and that they were no longer compatible in bed Mm -hmm. Uh, the couple reached out to their church community and started attending couples therapy and group counseling through the church Mm mm-hmm Despite the infidelity, they began to trying to conceive a child uh, in February of 2011. After months of being unsuccessful, they went through several medical tests trying to pinpoint the reason for their infertility. Leanna said she became quite discouraged, but on Ross's birthday in November of 2011, they found out she was pregnant with Cooper. That is one of the craziest things that straight people do. Not to, like, <laughs> I love straight people. You guys are the best, but... This pattern of our relationship is garbage. We can barely <laughs> get through. Mm. My husband, you know, wants to sleep with everyone in town. And that's fine. You know, do whatever you want. But don't have a baby to fix it. It's just mm-hmm. the craziest. No. I've, I know so many people who have done that. And it mm-hmm. fast forward, big, big, big work. reveal. It doesn't work. <laughs> it never works. A hundred percent failure. So don't do that, guys. Young people, right. just not worth it. Yeah, have an honest conversation. Not that I'm speaking from experience. No, but. no. <laughs> yeah, have an honest conversation about you know your needs and your compatibility, and if you can make that work, you know, based on an honest, true evaluation of what the both people in the relationship need, great. But mm-hmm. 
I have a sex addiction. Let's have a baby. That's a terrible, yeah. terrible leap to make. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so Cooper Mills Harris was born August 2nd, 2012. Uh, both parents were overjoyed with their child. By all accounts, he was loved and cherished. I'm sure. He was a happy baby. He loved everyone. As he grew older, Cooper really enjoyed trucks and cars. He often would tell them goodbye as they as they left the parking lot. Cute. Uh, Leanna described Ross as a loving father and said he cared for Cooper deeply. She remembered that Ross was the first one to bathe Cooper after he was born. Mm-hmm. All of his teachers at Cooper's daycare spoke highly of the Harrises and their son. Academy director Melanie Gibson said Ross was actively involved in his son's life, often volunteering to participate in school functions. Mm. Uh, once he even dressed up like the Home Depot drill. <laughs> <laughs> Soon after Cooper was born, Ross's infidelity went from virtual to in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started to pay for sex. Uh oh. Leanna was completely unaware of Ross's behavior, including a day in late May of 2014 when he strung her along through texts about coming home after helping a friend move, when in fact he was meeting a sex worker at a local motel. Right, bro. So on June 18th, 2014, like we already talked about, Ross arrived to work around 9:30, leaving Cooper strapped in his car seat. Later that morning, Ross and some co-workers left the corporate campus to go to lunch. Upon returning at around 12.45 that afternoon, Ross went to his car and opened the door to put away some light bulbs that he had bought during his lunch break. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ross claims he did not notice his son, who was still in the back seat. According to medical examiners, Cooper was likely already dead. Oh, God. Uh, sometime after 4 p.m., Ross left work and was heading to a theater to see a movie with friends. Ross says this is when he noticed his son. He quickly pulled into a shopping center parking lot roughly seven minutes after leaving the Home Depot campus. He pulled Cooper's lifeless body from the car. His screams attracted a crowd of onlookers, some of whom called 911 and others whom attempted to help Ross administer first aid to Cooper. That is so sad. Witnesses said Ross was hyperventilating and screaming. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cobb County Police Detective Philip Stoddard testified that Ross swore at police when they arrived at the scene. He attempted to call Leanna, but he did not get an answer. Ross would not cooperate with the police, so they took his phone away and put him in the back of a police car. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, Leanna had, was already headed to the daycare where her husband was supposed to have dropped off Cooper. When she learned Cooper had never arrived, witnesses said that she came to an immediate conclusion, quote, Ross must have left him in the car is what she was purported to say. Yeah. She went on, quote, there's no other explanation. Ross must have left him in the car. At 10 p.m., Justin Ross Harris was arrested and charged with murder. Wow. Yeah. Do you think that was based on partly on her uh, comment or just the fact that obviously he left him in the car? That that's, Is that automatically what they do in those situations? Do you know? I don't know. I don't think so. I think it depends on the jurisdiction. and Right. The, scene i don't know if because he was cussing at them right not being cooperative yeah if they just i I really i couldn't find a lot about yeah. it we talk a little bit more about sort of what happened right in the, that aftermath but i really don't know what led them to immediately arrest him mm-hmm. you know i think that sort of like we were talking earlier a lot of it depends on you know the police and what they want to do and yep they, the baby died and clearly some someone was negligent responsible yep mm-hmm. yep 
So an autopsy later confirmed that Cooper Harris died of hyperthermia. Yeah. So police were suspicious of Ross even at the scene of the crime. Some witnesses said that the father was hysterical and crying, but police said that he was calm and detached. Mm. One of the first things Detective Stoddard noticed when Ross was being held at the police precinct that day uh, was that he seemed preoccupied with his own fate. Quote, it was all about him. I can't believe this is happening to me. Why am I being punished for this? Stoddard also said that Leanna Harris asked her husband, quote, did you say too much? Mm-hmm. Investigators found Ross made online searches in the days before Cooper's death related directly to babies in hot cars. What? Uh, he clicked on a trending video, and this is again according to police, mm-hmm. uh, clicked on a trending video on Reddit about dogs dying in hot cars. Mm-hmm. And one search for, quote, how to survive prison. Yeah, that's very different than basing a decision on somebody's immediate emotional reaction. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So investigators for the prosecution questioned details of the incident. They conducted tests that showed Ross could have seen Cooper in the back seat of the car from his position in the front seat. Mm -hmm. Um, There are pictures of the car and the car seat that I can post online. And the car seat really is very close. It's in the middle and it's sort of like right. uh, Cooper's head would be right next to your shoulder. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't a great big SUV where the seat's far away. They also found that Cooper was several inches too big for his car seat. Mm. Uh, they had bought a new forward-facing seat just six weeks before Cooper's death, mm. but they switched back to his old seat for reasons that are not clear. Interesting. They don't mm-hmm. know why. Mm-mm. Weird. Nope. Uh, they also discovered he received a group email that day from Cooper's daycare, and apparently that didn't that didn't jog Ross's memory. Mm-hmm. Upon signing off on the indictment, Cobb County Chief Magistrate Frank Cox also remarked that Ross should have noticed that, quote, the stench in the car was overwhelming upon entering the car that afternoon. Mm -hmm. An investigation into his internet habits found Ross was active on several dating sites, as well as messaging apps uh, like Kick and Whisper. I assume it's Kick. Do you know, Courtney? K-I-K? Listen, (laughs) I've been married for four years, together for eight. Yeah. Yeah, no idea. That's my problem too. Okay, Somebody Cupid. That's yeah. That's his, I mean, right. <laughs> I'm very glad to have that long, that much distance between myself and the dating apps because that shit is horrible. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. people who are dating. <laughs> yep. Um, so on Whisper, which is an app that encourages people to tell secrets, Ross wrote, "Quote: I miss having time for myself." Mm-hmm. And he said he hated being married with kids. Uh oh. He also visited a, uh, quote, child-free message board on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Investigators learned Ross met with sex workers and other women in the days before his son died. The assistant district attorney in the case said Ross's sexual behavior interrupted time he spent with Cooper, citing a time when Ross allegedly sent pictures of his genitalia to women while attending an Atlanta Braves baseball game with his son. Oh, no. Yeah. So according to investigators, Ross was having illicit chats with as many as six women on the day that his son died. Oh, God. And at least one of these chats was with an underage girl. Uh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. She was 16. Holy shit. Did he know she was 16? Yes. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. I'll talk a little bit more about that, too. That's a a whole other episode. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, clearly, Ross has lots of sleazy behavior. Well, that's uh, predatory. That's yeah, bad. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sleazy and also predatory. Yeah. Yes. So on September 4th, 2014, Justin Ross Harris is indicted for malice murder, two counts of felony murder, cruelty to children in the first and second degree, criminal attempt to commit a felony, and dissemination of harmful materials to minors. Uh-oh. On March 4th, eight new charges were filed against him, including two counts of sexual exploitation of children and six of uh, disseminating harmful material to a minor. Good. Yeah. Despite the defense's attempt to block the text messages Ross sent to other women from being entered into evidence, uh, Judge Stately decided they were admissible. Prosecutors claim that in those chats, he told women that he would leave his wife if not for their son. In one of those chats held on the morning that Cooper was alive, Harris posted, quote, I love my son and all, but we both need escapes. Hmm. The police say this was a motive to kill. Mm-hmm. While waiting for the trial to begin, Leanna stood by her husband's side throughout much of his incarceration, talking regularly by phone, maintaining his innocence. Wow. Yeah, she separated from her husband after his arrest for Cooper's murder, and then finally decided to file for divorce in February of 2016. Thank God. Yeah, she was really clear in all of the articles I read um, that she didn't divorce him because she thought that he killed Cooper. She mm-hmm. divorced him because of his all of his awful infidelity. infidelity. Yeah, that's plenty of reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ross's trial began October 3rd, 2016. The trial lasted 22 days. Um, it was briefly interrupted by a hurricane. <laughs> uh, lawyers called 70 witnesses to the stand. The prosecution argued that Ross Harris wanted to be free of his family. He wanted to sleep with other women, and his son got in the way of this. He planned and followed through with the murder of his son. In opening statements, the defense acknowledged their client's flaws, saying that he earned any shame coming his way. Quote, Ross's sex life, no matter how perverse and nasty and wrong, doesn't have a thing to do with the fact that he forgot that little boy. Testifying in defense of her ex-husband, Leanna recounted how she learned from her son's daycare teachers that her husband had not brought Cooper in that day. Quote, I was in complete denial about the situation, Leanna said. My phone rang, and it was a detective. I said, will you please just tell me what's wrong? I know something's wrong. And they said, no, we're just going to talk about it when we get there. And I said, it's bad, isn't it? And he said, yeah, it's bad. Mm-hmm. When detectives arrived, she said she felt the situation wasn't real. Quote, yeah. they told me that my son was deceased. I didn't know what had happened. I didn't know if Ross was okay. I didn't know anything. It's so awful. It's so, it's so yeah. awful. Leanna said she didn't know the depth of what prosecutors described as his double life, adding that his behavior at home was loving. Despite her heartache, Leanna testified that she didn't believe her husband intentionally killed their child. She did, however, characterize him as being easily distracted. Yeah, I'll say. But, yeah, that poor woman. I can't. No. I can't imagine any of that. And then to have to grieve that alone, and then to have to find out that he's such a bastard, you know, mm-hmm. like that he had betrayed her on so many levels to the extent of being a predator. Like yeah. to have to wrap your mind around all of that is insane. Yeah. Well, and in front of the, the in, world, right? Yeah. The yeah. limelight, this case was huge. Yeah. When it happened, I, when I was researching it, the 
Um, part of the problem is just trying to get through all of the articles that were repeating themselves over and over mm -hmm. to find any little details that I felt like mattered, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, so she loses her son, finds out her husband is a sexual predator. Yeah. And, and then there are a lot of articles like, was she part of this? Did she want him? You know, did they plan oh, it together? And no. I just cannot imagine. No. Um, there's absolutely no evidence that she was involved in this uh whatsoever yeah. so. well and especially in the south like it's people are a little bit more forgiving of failed relationships in other mm -hmm. parts of the country but not in the south that's not something nope. that you're gonna just getting a divorce is shameful enough um mm -hmm. in some communities so that poor woman yeah. uh so quote we're still here with liana <laughs> quote based on everything that i knew that day Ross must have left him in the car, she testified. That was the only thing that made sense. The only thing that clicked in my mind is even a remote possibility. He must have forgot. Mm -hmm. The jury heard from Cooper's daycare workers that Ross usually dropped off his son between 8.30 and 8.45 a.m. on his way to work. Leanna would sometimes drop him off, but mostly it was Ross. They said that Ross was also frequently late, but on those days he would notify the school by 8.40 a.m. Mm -hmm. So at 8.55 on June 18th, video surveillance shows father and son leaving Chick-fil-A. Uh, he never called the school to tell them he was running late or to alert them that Cooper had already eaten breakfast, mm -hmm. which is something that he'd done before. Right. I, it sounds like they, they would feed the kids. Right. The court heard from a woman who said that she sexted with Ross when she was just 16 years old, exchanging sexual pictures of each other. Uh, several other women who were over 18 at the time also testified regarding sexual relationships they had with Ross, including a paid escort. Mm -hmm. uh, jurors were even shown pictures of Harris's genitalia that he sent to these women. Uh, in quotes over here, I say, <laughs> don't send dick pics, y'all. <laughs> I'm seriously, it's, you know, I think we as a society need to move past it in general. Nobody really wants yeah. them. And then look, if you make a horrible mistake... Uh, it's going to come back to bite you in the ass. Right. Then your dick is going to be on a projector in front oh of the Oh, my God. I don't know if it was that big, but, it, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, not the projector. <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, we're, I want everyone to <laughs> imagine. It's just, yeah. I, I, I. I mean, anybody who uh, sex with 16-year-olds deserves to have their dick projected on whatever like the hugest Screen. surface of the planet yeah but yeah still yikes mm -hmm. uh, so after many days of deliberation on november 14th 2016 the jury finds ross harris guilty on all counts uh, ross showed little to no emotion as the verdict was read mm. the cobb county district attorney said that the verdict is not a victory or a reason to celebrate but justice was served yeah no doubt ross's lawyers said they are already beginning the paperwork for an appeal it's a, I, I mean, how often do you hear about somebody can getting convicted on all counts? That's such, it's so rare, especially mm -hmm. in a case that's so like, did they have, they had two trials for the underage interactions and the death or was no. that all, that was no, all they the put same it all trial. together, that's, mm -hmm. which is crazy, but uh, yeah, they tried to parse it out, but the prosecution said that the all of the texting and that was the motive for the crime so they kept right it right right that makes sense yeah but yeah it's like one of those crimes is very gray and then the other crime is very black and white so mm -hmm. i could absolutely see why a jury would fucking despise him by the end and mm -hmm. uh convict him on all counts but that's just so rare yeah 
So on December 5th, 2016, the judge sentenced Ross Harris to life in prison plus 34 years. Wow. Uh, He did receive credit for the two years that he already served in in prison. Wow. Her jail. One of the jurors at the trial, her name was Candy Parrish. She was a 23-year-old married stay-at-home mother, explained how she came to the guilty verdict. Quote, there were too many factors that played throughout his day that you wouldn't forget your child in the car. To say he literally drove just a half a mile to work, only five minutes, and forgot his child is unbelievable. Mm. I think it is really hard to do something like that. She continues, quote, he actually mentioned that he forgot to take his double look. Mm. He knew those steps, but he didn't take them. Mm-hmm. So while I was researching this, I came across some articles talking about whether he was guilty or, or innocent. Yeah. Um, and I found them really interesting. So we're going to talk now a little bit about did he really murder his child or did he forget him? Yeah. And uh, most of what I'm going to talk about came from an article on lawandcrime.com, and I'll link to it in our show notes. So it was clear to some that the prosecution's case had more holes than actual evidence. Even though the jury convicted him, they believe there were a number of assumptions that were made after pretrial hearings that turned out to be totally inaccurate. Really? Yeah, and contradictions that weakened key elements of the case. So they had to move the trial it was like 300 miles away because of the publicity mm-hmm. and a lot of the things that were put out as fact, especially in the media, turned out to just not really be true. Uh-huh. Um, so a big one, of course, was Ross's online history. Yeah. Before the trial, prosecutors gave the impression that they had a wealth of incriminating information regarding internet searches that Ross made regarding hot car deaths, animals in hot cars, living child-free age of consent and how to survive prison i mean yeah like those things put done don't even need a trial guilty put them away like right right yeah and that's what i remember most when the case was happening was Mm -hmm. that's what you heard yep this guy was like actively searching for how to live child free and then killed his kid and i was like oh yeah okay duh (laughs) done he's guilty yeah however once the evidence was presented at trial some of it turned out to be fairly worthless hmm Turns out that there was no evidence that Harris searched for hot car deaths, uh, animals in hot cars, or living child free. What? So he never he never actually searched those terms. What the hell? A prosecution witness, uh, Alex Hall, who is also a friend and co-worker of Ross's, testified that he had directed Harris to the child free site as a joke. Oh. He said that Ross checked out the Reddit subgroup and within two minutes responded, quote, grossness. <laughs> grossness grossness yeah ross also twice accessed a video that he was sent about a veterinarian discussing the effect of heat on animals uh, in cars but there was no evidence that he searched for it or that he even watched the whole video weird the video was mentioned by ross in his police interview which the jury saw Um, So it was important enough because it showed that he was aware of hot car deaths, Mm. but the prosecution didn't need to harp on it so much uh, because it would leave the door open for the defense to poke giant holes in this, the fact that he'd looked at this video. Mm -hmm. In the end, the evidence was so weak that the prosecution didn't even use it in their closing argument. Mm. So some of Ross's online history even played in his favor. The night before Cooper's death, he was doing online research about planning a family vacation with a child. Mm and whether or not kids could go on a cruise for free. Uh, When the Cobb County 
chief magistrate he when he claimed that ross should have noticed the terrible smell of decomposition coming from the car when he left work that afternoon um, other experts say that that's not true it would take longer than a few hours even in the heat for a terrible smell to be produced yeah that's what i was thinking i mean i don't want to dwell on it because it's really gruesome but between like nine and noon i imagine that was enough time for the boy to die and then the smell would happen after that between the time right that time right but it would still take longer yep so of course some of the evidence certainly looked bad for ross yep police consultants who looked at his online activities said that ross had deleted his internet history shortly before the day of cooper's death Mm -hmm. a digital forensic specialist described ross as quote crafty because he intentionally hid and deleted information yep Uh, but of course deleting online history doesn't make one guilty of murder and sometimes it's done to make a web browser run faster or to get rid of other non-murder related things. Yep. Like internet chats with 16 year olds, I'd imagine. I would say that's probably a pretty good motivation. Yep. And I, when I re- was reading these articles and they were talking about making web browsers run faster, <laughs> I deleted my internet history and oh my goodness. <laughs> really? I guess, yeah, I read that and I was... My computer runs so much better I now. <laughs> had no idea. I just don't want people to know like what weird stuff i'm looking at on youtube and oh, it's not even God. like gross or dirty it's just embarrassing it's like when yeah. when uh <laughs> somebody comes over and you just happen to be listening to the most embarrassing thing on your spotify <laughs> and you like, had just been listening to some like relevant hip-hop or something and then all of a sudden it's like <laughs> the most folky you know embarrassing 90s so like i oh, know i swear i'm up on the times you know <laughs> We all know the truth, Courtney. Uh, So we know that Ross did search for how to survive prison. Um, But for all we know, that was because he was exchanging sexually explicit messages and pictures with underage girls. Yes. Which by like, regardless of what happened to his son, I'm glad he's in prison for the rest of his life, plus 34 years for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But several of these women even testified that not only did they know that Ross had a child, but that he would talk about Cooper and how much he loved him. Mm -hmm. So while these witnesses helped the prosecution when it came to the charges related to sending sexual material to a minor, they completely undermined their case for murder. The jury learned that Ross was certainly a sleaze who cheated on his wife, but they also learned that he told his mistresses that he wouldn't leave his wife because he loved his son too much. Yep. The online history that was supposed to contain so many smoking guns ended up firing mostly blanks. Yeah. But I mean, I can absolutely see how that would drive a jury to convict him, you know, yeah. especially in yeah. the South, like a conservative area. It's like right. they at that point, they don't even care. You know, they don't right. care if you did it or on purpose or not. You're going to jail. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and the thing, you know, like I... I really don't know. When I was reading, I was hoping to like really come to a hard conclusion whether or not I think he was guilty or innocent. I'm honestly uh, leaning more towards his innocence mm-hmm. that he probably just actually really did forget him. Yeah. Um, but the questions that I really am left with is the car seat. It was so close to him. Yeah. And the drive was short and it was his routine. It wasn't that Liana usually would drop him off and he just was supposed to that right. day. Right. Um, You know, and so not that it isn't possible, but I do wonder, you know, those are the questions that I still have. Yeah. How do you forget and then go back in lunchtime and still not see him in the car and on and on. So, yeah, I don't. Unfortunately, I wish I knew. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) But I don't. Totally. Um, So 
So I'm just going to end with uh, some more from that article from the Washington Post. Um, quote, Ed Hickling is a clinical psychologist from Albany, New York, who has studied the effects of fatal auto accidents on the drivers who survive them. Mm-hmm. He says that these people are often judged with disproportionate harshness by the public, even when it was clearly an accident and even when it was indisputably not their fault. Yep. Humans, Hickling said, have a fundamental need to create and maintain a narrative for their lives in which the universe is not implacable and heartless, that terrible things do not happen at random, and that catastrophes can be avoided if you are vigilant and responsible. Yep. Uh, In hyperthermia cases, he believes the parents are demonized for much the same reason. Yep. Quote, we are vulnerable, but we don't want to be reminded of that. We want to believe that the world is understandable and controllable and unthreatening. Yep. That if we follow the rules, we'll be okay. So when this kind of thing happens to other people, we need to put them in a different category from us. We don't want to resemble them. And the fact that we might is too terrifying to deal with. Yep. So they have to be monsters. Yep. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's the story of poor, sweet little baby Cooper Harris and his tragic terrifying death (laughs) yeah that poor everybody poor not ross fuck that guy but kind of if he was innocent a little bit i feel bad for him for that but not the rest of it i'm glad he's in jail but what a complicated story man well everybody loses in that case Mm -hmm. and then some the ripple effect of the awfulness is just endless in that case um I hope he didn't do it on purpose because that is a love. It's like some diabolical shit. Mm-hmm. That is some truly, truly evil and horrible th- shit. But you could see how he could mm-hmm. too. You know, if he wanted it to look like an accident. That's like the most accidental accident that anyone can dream yeah. up. So and it's kind of funny for me. It's, you know, the, a lot of people are worried about or not worried, but they want to make people into monsters so that it won't happen to them. Um, Yep. And for me, it's almost the opposite. Like, it's easier. Well, no, maybe I'm thinking this wrong. Never mind. Cut that out. I, no, I think I know what you're saying. <laughs> it's like, it's, I don't I rather it believe. be. Okay, yeah. No, I yeah. guess I'm, So I'd rather yeah. it be a accident yes. that he forgot him than he's actually that much of a monster that he would do it on purpose. There we exactly. go. There. Exactly. 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 my thought. Yes. Well, but especially, you know, that you would do something that awful for such limited gains. It's like if you if you don't want to have a kid, walk away. You know, you don't have to kill the kid. That's like when there's um, endless, endless cases of men killing their kids and their wives because they want to they don't want to have that life anymore. It's like the don't. Right. (laughs) Like it's awful and irresponsible to walk away from your kids, to abandon your kids. But. It's way better than killing them. Yeah. So the thought that somebody could torture their baby to death in a hot car just so they could have sex with 16-year-olds is just beyond comprehension. Right. But it's also very possible that, that he did that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Woo. Whoa. Yeah, I know. I'm done. Stick Good job. Well, me. <laughs> <laughs> that'll lighten the mood in this nation. <laughs> I know. There you go, nation. Uh, You're welcome. Suffering. Here's some more suffering. I, so wait, you think you've got it bad? This is way worse. <laughs> uh, 
I still stand behind it. it. I think it's a nice for lots of us out there. It's a nice mental break, escape. Yeah, to yeah. Think about something yeah. that's you know just awful in a different way. I know, which is so weird. I mean, if there are any brain doctors listening, any psychiatrists or psychotherapists that can explain to me why the pleasure center is triggered by true crime and horror, I am fascinated, endlessly fascinated by my own brain in that capacity. Like, why does that make me feel relaxed? I, it's, it doesn't make sense. I bet there's been studies. We'll have to look it up. I bet there's the I answer feel like, out there. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like I've, I mean, I know I've, looked it up before and I found some things that were interesting but not conclusive to, to me mm-hmm. you know such a sicko yeah and I came out this way man I was just <laughs> like sure give me the horror like give me the scariest shit on the planet I wanted <laughs> nothing gory not body stuff no like that's not not a slasher right. I want the anticipation scary the... yeah psychological ghosts I'm down but yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I think we're all leaning on our podcast real hard right now. Mm-hmm. It's a great it's a great distraction. Yeah. Well, and also, fuck you, governor of Texas. That's all I have to say about you. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that going around. Yeah, we don't have to get too deep into that. But if you think that his his uh, suggestion to sacrifice Mama and Papa for the economy then you should not continue to listen to our podcast because mm-hmm. you are a horrible person and I want to have nothing to do with you because that is one of the craziest. And the fact that we are at a point, and I actually, you know, I'm a tremendous optimist. I really believe in humanity. I believe in people. I believe that we are much more capable of good than we are evil. But the fact that somebody like that could say something like that and not just like go directly to jail. <laughs> like, and people are like, yeah, he's got a point. You know what? Mamaw's had a good run. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need hamburgers again. Like, what the fuck, guys? Yeah, like, it's so you... crazy. That is like, Go crazy. ahead and you pick out two people in your family that you're willing to give up yeah. for the economy. Yeah. yeah. And also, you don't need that much shit. Like, please, no. on the other side of this, like, can we consume a little bit less? You don't need 55 flavors of fucking Go-Gurt or Pop-Tarts oh, or whatever. yourself. I wear out of a bubbly water. We've been out for oh, over no. a week and I am a, I am a wreck. I am a, <laughs> I'm a shriveled up version of my previous self without some kind of tantalizing, barely flavored water in my life. <laughs> Today I was like, I want to make some iced tea. And like, I don't know why I thought we had iced tea. We're not that kind of household, but just sounded so good and I couldn't have it and I threw a little baby fit about it and mm. really want some iced tea like really bad iced tea from a drive through <laughs> no you can't have it no, it's okay stay home you can't have everything you don't need everything no no <laughs> I um posted my son has been enjoying like facetiming and zooming and whatever with people and i posted a video this today um of him playing with his good buddy and uh i didn't even think about it but we'd put the (laughs) i saw that put the computer on like 12 pack of paper towels (laughs) and i swear to god you guys i am not hoarding but an old friend of mine (laughs) messaged and said flex on those fools use paper goods as tables hate on haters 
Family Day was made, so I'm going to give a little shout out, shout out, or a shout out, but a shout out to Big Red Crunch. So thanks, oh, bud. That's so funny. I, I swear, if I do have a full pack, so if anybody, my neighbors need some paper towels, give me a call, but I promise I'm not I using know. paper towels as tables. I know. When I run a couple businesses and like, we need more paper products than the average family, but I'm really being very like getting it as I need it but I still feel really guilty and like yeah I'm sharing I'm sharing all my stuff yeah yeah no I don't think we're the problem of having making sure we have a little extra toilet paper you know versus having enough toilet paper to literally last us the rest of our lives well and just like pan to the left and your all of your furniture is actually paper products like you just replace your your living room set with yeah that's what I said we're using paper towels as blankets now Well, um, stay safe, you guys. It's definitely yeah. ramping up. And I think people are, you know, we've reached the point where we know people who have contracted it and mm-hmm. know people who know people who are in very bad shape. Um, and our, you know, we really, we have not left the house. We have been extremely safe for, uh, God, almost a month now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're doing our part please do yours this is serious business right. and uh, you know, i celebrated on saturday a little bit because i saturday was two weeks ago saturday was last time i was in a group of people bigger than my family yeah and um i was like all right two weeks yeah good i'm good yeah exactly <laughs> i don't have it if i did i didn't know it i uh, yeah uh, right but yeah we're um, we'll, we'll get through it and uh if you haven't heard they Approved and the, there's, they've begun the distribution of a five-minute test, um, which is huge. It's major. Mm-hmm. So assuming they can yeah. distribute those quickly enough and our piece-of-shit president doesn't, you know, buy them and hoard them and mm-hmm. dole them out to governors who are nice to him, which is a whole other mm-hmm. thing that we don't need to go on about. But uh, assuming that those can get to the people who need them, that could be a major turning point for flattening the curve and you know eventually hopefully getting people back to work and out in the community on a limited basis so there's plenty to look forward to um just don't don't get so discouraged that it makes you make poor choices um right because the the better we do this the less long it's going to last so don't right the longer it lasts the harder it's going to be to to maintain good social distancing exactly so in the meantime uh we are here yep for real? Yep. You just want to have somebody to talk to? Yep. You want to email? Yep. Um, it can get lonely. Yep. And we really do care. So uh, we're here for you guys. There's no we'll doubt get about through it. it. Yep. And remember. Uh, don't send dick pics, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. It's not a good look. Nobody wants not a good thing. them. I mean, I think gay guys like them. Gay gay men. Oh, I'm sure like there are people out there that like them. Of, but, but let mm. them bring that up and make it abundantly clear that. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please, please send me the no, and no, that is not an invitation. You guys don't send them to me. Um. <laughs> that was Sadie Eck at. Just kidding. Three one seven social media stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, you can, you can send, find us on social media. send your dick pics to <laughs> They Will Kill on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
Uh, send them to Twitter because neither of us like Twitter, so they'll just sit mm-hmm. there and no one will ever know they're there. Um, <laughs> you can email us your dick pics uh, uh, to they will kill <laughs> podcast at gmail.com. You can't. Uh, or you can send them through our website, which is theywillkill.com. That's right. Rate, review, subscribe, or send dick pics to. <laughs> I don't think they have on Apple Podcasts. No, they probably have that a way of. I'm sure they blocked that a long time ago because you know they've gotten inundated over. Yeah, so much. Uh, Thank you, as always, (laughs) AJ Bergans for our music. Sorry, AJ. Sorry for that. Yeah, I'm not going to bring you sweet transition. (laughs) And remember, don't send us dick pics. (laughs) Or do. Yeah, we got a lot of time on our hands. That makes you feel better. If it keeps oh, you from no. making poor choices or leaving the house, go ahead. Go, you know what? Go ahead. I will take one for the team. If it's if it comes down to like going to get a smoothie and sending, they will kill a dick pic. Just send it. Just send it to us. I I do not consent. We are heroes. It's for America. Uh, I don't care. It's, uh, it says nothing for me or to me. That's fine. All right, guys. I'm I'm gonna I'm done. <laughs> no. Nope. I love Dragging you so much. Banter at the back. <laughs> this is what I just cut out and you're still talking yeah. to me about dick pics. <laughs> it took the banter uh, off at the front, but the downside is it lasts for forty five minutes. I mean I guess <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we love you. Thank you so, so much, much. For Thank you for listening. Love you. Love you. Take care. <laughs> take Bye. care. Just like take care. <laughs> Best comma. Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> okay, goodbye. Namaste. Goodbye. <laughs>